thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. As Bruce Lee famously said, if you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And this week we are having a chat to you about procrastination. And what an amazingly uh, relevant topic that is for all of us busy women because it is so easy to put the uh, lesser important things on the back burner and find that to-do list just getting longer and longer and then starting to get stressed about that list not being completed or not ticking things on those boxes. Or as we tend to do, put the hard things last and then we keep that stress going and sleep badly and, and a whole lot. Uh, series of things happens around that because we're so worried about not getting to that task that we're not stressing out. So vicious cycles. And today we're going to talk about how we overcome this constant procrastination. And I know both of us had issues with procrastinating about getting this episode done. I know, which I think is hilarious. And it's amazing what becomes such a priority when you're procrastinating, right? So we are both coming off a bit of a high from the weekend right now. Um, for you know those of us in the chiropractic community, we had our annual statewide um, chiropractic event over here in Perth um, that both Ash and I were really heavily involved in. Um, I had a big speech to do on main stage and you wouldn't believe how much I procrastinated around that. Um, there's always that that fear of speaking in front of your peers, uh, even though we're such a supportive, beautiful community. But the things that became a higher priority at that time was just ridiculous. Like my house has never been so clean and I and I have a clean that comes twice a week as, as it is when, and this was the same for me when I was studying as well. So so, you know, at exam time, my house is never, ever as clean as it is at any other time of the year, which is hilarious, right? The so most important things. Why do we stuff around so much? So let's get down to the, to some of those things. Uh, what is it that you are holding back from that you're sitting here listening to this episode thinking, okay, I really, I'm wanting these ladies just to help me solve why I procrastinate. Chances are we're not going to solve that why right now, but we're certainly going to talk about some of the reasons why that is possible that you are procrastinating and hopefully this podcast listening is not a procrastination this is actually a learning <laughs> experience for you so uh, today we're going to talk about some of those ways to overcome procrastination I think for me personally one of the biggest things that interferes with my ability to get things done literally will be clutter in my life and so I know that when my space my personal space or my home space or my office space is cluttered it's almost like my life gets cluttered so um and partly as to, you know, Andrea mentioned her house has never been cleaner. I think there's almost this like almost a primitive nesting thing there that in preparation for something big to happen, you've got to clear up, clean out. So there's that space available for that to happen. And I think it's part of that stress response as well, because remember that women go through the tended befriend stress response rather than necessarily the fight or flight. So part of that is tending to our environment. It's how we kind of de-stress in our mind as well. One area that I find that a lot of my patients actually procrastinate in one area is actually their health. And it's one thing that you would think that you can't afford to lose motivation. You can't afford to, um, you know, not be on track with your health. But it is. We're all in that uh, mind space of, oh, should have could have water. I should have gone for that walk, or I, you know, should be taking my supplements, or I should have had my adjustment this week. Whatever it is. Um, 
that's what I want to really try and understand is why women don't make the health changes that they need to make, they know they need to make, or why they don't take that step to get help. Um, and that's something that I'd love for us to chat about today as well. And it's really not new news that so many people know what they need to do in terms to be healthy and well-balanced and feel energized, but we're not doing it. You know, if it means to eat healthy food and go to the supermarket and buy the right foods, and then we do that for two weeks and then we stop doing that, it's almost like a form of procrastination, really, because you do know what you need to do, but then you just don't do it. And it's the too hard basket to go there and do that. The underlying cause of that really is not the fact that the healthy food is hard to get or hard to make, is it, Andrea? No, not at all. We've never had more access to more organic produce, more locally grown stuff, uh, more health information which can get pretty confusing. So I can certainly appreciate that some people don't really know where to turn. Uh, but I think the bigger issue is that one thing, motivation and willpower run out. So you, there's only so much willpower that you can have each day when you're trying to, for example, change a habit. So if there's, you know, say you're addicted to sugar, you're trying to improve that in your lifestyle, but willpower will run out. So what you always have to tie it back to is what is the bigger picture here? And, you know, I have that saying that health has a greater purpose. So what is it that this is going to help you to achieve in your life? What is this all part of? What is your why? And how does that all tie in? And if you can always tie the activity back to what your purpose is, it's a lot easier to get motivated. It's a lot easier to stay on track. And it's a lot easier to not lose that willpower along the way as well. And that comes always back to your defining why. And you'll hear us repeat this because it is something that dictates and drives every choice you make, every word you speak, every action you take, everything you buy, everything you sell. It comes back to your underlying why. So just imagine for a second that you, and you say, oh, but I don't have the energy. I don't have the willpower. I lack in willpower. I'm just weak-minded. I've always been this way. Think of someone in your life right now that you absolutely adore and love and you would do anything for them. And we're here in Perth, Western Australia, and this is an analogy that I'm going to use because it can be applied to running or anything else. Just imagine for a moment that that person was over on Rocknest Island, which is about <laughs> 20 kilometers away from the mainland, and they were desperately sick and ill. And the only way to help them was to get life-saving equipment to them, which you needed to get over there. And you had no boat, you had no transport. If you had to swim that far under any circumstance to save that person, would you do it? The answer is always yes. You would do you would. anything possible. You, you would breaststroke, backstroke, float, kick, whatever. You'd grab a sea turtle and hit a ride. <laughs> you would find a way because your why is so much greater than just your sense of self-preservation. And so you would find a way. And it'd be the same as someone said, oh, I could never run a marathon. I said, well, if your child was dying and they were 42 kilometers away, I guarantee you, you would find a way to run 42 kilometers. You would, you would crawl on your hands and knees if you had to. You would get there. Yeah. I'm absolutely positive of that. You wouldn't quit. You, you would cry. You, you would feel like you're failing. You would fall to your knees once or twice, but you would always get up because your why is so far greater than the pain you experience. And we hear those stories all the time of women who perform incredible acts of strength in life and death situations. Oh, where, a grandma who lifts a car off a baby. Yeah, and, and in normal circumstances, no one can comprehend that. But when your why is big enough, 
it's incredible what your body, body is, uh, you know, capable of. And so we've put that in context of obviously life and death situations, which most people are saying, yeah, but uh, clearing up my fridge is not a life or death situation. <laughs> cleaning up my wardrobe is not life or death. No, it's not. But if you realize that uh, some of the, the things there, such as that cluttered environment, are hindering your ability to serve your greatest purpose, which comes from your why, then sure enough, you find a way to connect it back. So let's just take that example for a minute, Andrea. Um, I've got a really cluttered, cluttered, let's just say I I don't, but let's just say I did, a really cluttered wardrobe, really cluttered house. We're using this as a simple analogy that most people understand. And you look at my life and I'm chaotic and I don't keep a diary well and uh, I forget things, I lose things. One of the simplest places you can start would be my home space, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And there's so much research that supports the clearing of clutter and how that helps to have that that nice peace of mind. And, you know, if you look at any feng shui books, um, there's another one there. I think it's called the Japanese art of cleaning or clearing house or something like that, Um, which is this beautiful idea that everything that you have in your house right now has served a purpose for its time. But now it's time to let that go. Uh, And I'll put it on the Facebook page so that everyone can see that. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful way to look at, you've got, you know, these clothes in your wardrobe that you haven't worn for three years, let them go. It's okay. You know, they've served their purpose. They've served their time. Now they can move on. So it's, is this helping you understand a little bit about that procrastination process? Because we've got to sort of try and make sure we answer that for you today. It's hard because both of us are pretty uh, A-type. We've, we've learned these skills a long time ago. We both still procrastinate. I know we've had these conversations, but we, when the going gets tough, we both know how to knuckle down. So to be a real procrastinator, I think it means that you really don't have a great deal of direction. Would that be right in saying something along those lines, Andrea? Oh, you know what? I would probably crown myself the queen of procrastination. I think that... And yet you get so much stuff done. If I had to get something done, I would hand it to you. Yeah, isn't that funny? You know, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person you know. But I think that... And I did this all through my uni days as well, especially with things like assignments. I would be so good at leaving my... I would be well prepared for them. I'd know exactly when they were coming and I'd see the date coming closer and closer and closer. And so I would know it was happening, um, but I would just procrastinate my way all through that. Um, And I think that one of the things was is that this was all to do with my sense of self-worth and my performance. So if I did an assignment the night before and I got, say, a B for it, um, you know, that's cool, that's great, I'm really happy with that. Um, I didn't put in a huge amount of effort, so that's okay. But if, what if I'd worked on that for a month and I still got that same grade? Then I'd be pretty devastated that that was the outcome of all of my hard work. So do you think that was a default protective mechanism? I, I really, really think so. I think that that was part of me not stepping up and really seeing what my abilities were because what if I was shut down? Wow. And so what point did you overcome that? Because I'd have to say right now, you, you classically would be a high achiever. Your success is evident in the things you do and the way your clients you know, respond and, and how your life is going. And I guess the direction we're taking with wellness as well. Um, what point did you say, okay, I need to, to change the, the focus a bit? I think for me, it was looking at what my true values were. So what was really, really important to me. And it may not have been getting, you know, straight A's through university. Uh, For me, it was being able to connect with people to be able to really figure out what is the best way that I can help this person and how can I be most present with this person who is right in front of me right now. They are the most important person to me in the world right in this moment. And to me, that was so much more important than 
um, you know, getting getting a hundred percent on you know a, a chemistry exam, something like that, for example, because all that information, yes, is is helping me to be a great practitioner, but you can't teach that other stuff, right? Yeah, um, and this is something because this is you've just touched on something that I think for a lot of people to overcome procrastination. It's talking about higher purpose, a yes. higher sense of being, because you're just talking there about your, uh, I guess, total focus on service, the service of others in this yeah. case, not self-serving, because when you're self-serving, you'll happily procrastinate, because if you don't do it, it's only about you. Yeah. But as soon as you have to serve others, then all of a sudden that procrastination seems to drop away, because your full focus is given to something greater than yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. amazing. So, okay, so let's have a look at um, some of the ways in which people could help overcome their procrastinating capacity. Because right now, I know it's probably more relevant than ever before in history. I would suspect because there's just one little thing that's holding us all up, and that's Facebook <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's social not, media. Yeah, yeah. And it's not Facebook; it's, it's any other form of social media. Because how often do we check our smartphones? It would be like they're sitting right next to us. Oh, it'd have to be dozens of times a day. And at least, I would, I would probably think it would be at least a few times an hour. And I know that people are, you know, better or worse than that. But I think that that's a really good place to start. And I think having some discipline around some of those things that you really procrastinate with is a good thing. At uni, there was a few of us who put some blocks on some social media pages so that we couldn't access them until, for example, when we're studying our board exams, until after our board exams, um, which was a really great thing because it just takes the temptation out of the equation. And for me, I know that I work very, very well with very clear, unambiguous guidelines. So for example, if I say I'm going to cut back on Facebook or if I'm going to cut back on sugar, that means nothing to me. So yeah, you're a black and white all yeah. or nothing approach yeah exactly so if i am off sugar i'm off sugar completely and i do it you know wholeheartedly to a t uh you know it may not be sustainable long term but that's what helps me to flick that switch and gets me on a better routine so it might be the same for you with social media do you need a break from it do you need to put unambiguous guidelines in where you only check it twice a day you give yourself times you set aside time in your diary when you can go and indulge yeah, in like social media for ten, as much ten as you want. Two. just for example yeah. 10 and 2 you've already got the morning started and you've got some work already done and then by 10 a.m it's tea break and you can have time to scout around on social media for 15 20 minutes which is also healthy downtime sometimes for a lot of people catching up with friends is also something you do and then again off and another good block of a few hours two o'clock again recheck in and uh, spend a little bit of time there because quickly as you're probably all well aware we, we lose hours Oh, it's not just minutes. It's not 20 minutes or 30 minutes here and there. You total those 20 minutes and 30 minutes up and we've lost hours in a day. Because um, we always there's a video yeah, post that comes up that it just completely absorbs you that, that this is the most important thing that's going on in the entire world right now. And often it's a there's cat. something with the Kardashians <laughs> or it's a cat or a dog or... Yeah, it's, oh. it's ridiculous. So another thing you can do is actually be more conscious of your filters. So what's coming up in your news feed. So you can still be friends with the people that you're friends with on Facebook but if it's the postings is something that you're getting really distracted with or it's not serving a purpose for you just hide it from your newsfeed so that you can consciously consume more of what's right in front of your face and but, more of things that are quality in yeah. terms of inputs uh, if there's downers negative people rubbish content coming through you're absorbing that your little brain is neuroplastic so whatever you take in you you are assimilating so let's keep the filters strong so that you take in healthy news information healthy family home life information 
them. The things that you want more of, make sure that's what you're seeing more of. And that really helps to gear your brain towards, I'll oh, call whatever you want, law of attraction or a power of intention, mm-hmm. power of focus. Whatever you focus on, you get more of. So be very careful about what you put your focus on, whether it be through the television or the social media, because you tend to generate more of that. This is why I really strongly encourage all of my patients never to check their phone as soon as they wake up. So have a practice that you do in the morning. So from the moment you wake up to the moment you get out of bed, and then you start your morning ritual wait before you check messages, before you check emails or Facebook or anything like that, before you get bombarded with all of that overstimulation, which for a lot of the time, let's be honest, it's negative. So give yourself some space and time in the morning just to breathe from that and then allow yourself a time. So it's not until eight o'clock in the morning that you check your first email or it's not until 10 that you go on Facebook for the first time, you will find that your day is a lot more pleasant. Yes. If you find as well that you've tried this before and it cutting down is really challenging for you, you're procrastinating on cutting down, <laughs> Yeah, could be the case, uh, do the trick of logging in and logging out because I can tell you that the more times you have to log in during the day, the more annoying it is. You tend to do less little quick checks. Oh, yeah. Because our phones are app-based and we, as soon as we've signed into our phone, like either thumbprint or whatever it is um that is giving us instant access so all you have to do is click your app and it's open on, on the full screen but if you log in and log out each time and this goes for any app including emails if you log in and log out it forces you to be very conscious of the process mm-hmm. so it's not a subconscious like just little flick check flick check flick check it's oh log in okay now i'm in okay log out so yeah please if you haven't found yourself successful in overcoming checking emails, checking social media too often, start logging in, logging out. It really forces the consciousness as to just how many times a day you're doing it. And it becomes, yeah, it's again, mindfulness, isn't it? It's bringing attention towards the things we want more of. So we become mindful of the things that are not serving us. And when we're talking about the ways that we start our day, there's a great book called First Eat Your Frog first eat your toad i think it's eat your frog uh and it talks about either either they don't sound nice oh my goodness especially because <laughs> I, I, I have a bit of a, a frog phobia um <laughs> that, that's a conversation for another day though and it talks about if you've got to get stuff done the worst thing that you have to get done, that done that day do it first yes and how difficult is that and we can all think of things that we have been putting off for it might be months it might be years and every single day it's on your mental to-do list but you think of so many reasons uh, that fill that time and space instead so what I find can be really beneficial is make a list of the non-negotiable things that you have to get done that day and it might be three things so try not to overwhelm yourself with this because otherwise you'll become an impossible task yeah, the more things you have on the list, the more likely you're going to procrastinate because it's the too hard yeah. basket again. So yeah, exactly. rule of threes, yeah. it applies to these sorts of situations when you need to uh, create a change in habits. You want to start with threes. I love that you also do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I find is with writing down your top three priorities or the top non-negotiables that you cannot go to bed that night until this is done. But even above that, writing a bit of a, an affirmation or a statement about why this is so important. So how does this fulfill your greater purpose? So put that in the context of tax right now, because it's coming up to tax <laughs> time. Every one of us who runs a business has got that thing to say your business is due now and yeah. end of financial year tax, all the rest. 
just imagine that you're struggling with this concept of getting your receipts together. Um, hypothetically speaking, it wouldn't be me or anything. <laughs> so, I think uh, everyone's in the same boat. I can talk from first-hand experience, I think. Um, and you've got to get all that stuff together. And I'll, I'll put myself in. I classically, and my girlfriends who are listening to this are going to laugh because they know me much better than I do when they'd always say, Ash, you are terrible. You, you have to get this done. And I'd say, I know, I know it's so important, but I just can't seem to get it done. And like, seriously. Seriously, girl, you have got to figure out how to get this stuff done. You're going to get into trouble. You're going to get fines. And yeah. I'm like, but even the risk of fines didn't seem to scare me enough to So there's no pay. There's no um, consequence that's motivating enough for you. You know what, Ash, in that situation, I would tell you to outsource it. Absolutely well, outsource yeah. it. And I've got an app called Zero that helps me keep on yeah, track. Right. So now a receipt comes in, I photograph it straight away, it's done. Whereas for me, before, it was all going into a big box and then I have to try and remember what these receipts are all about and Ugh. log them and categorise them and stuff and what a nightmare. So this is the first year where I'm actually organised and I'm proud to say so, clap to me. Oh, yeah, Because well done. it's taken a long time to get to this point. Um, and so I stand and understand completely when people are procrastinating with these sorts of things. What was the difference for me? I finally saw why my financial house in order was so critical to the successes I want to create in my life coming above me and beyond me. If my financial house is not in order, then I can't achieve and I can't do and I can't put more money back into the things I love. I can't donate more because that cash is not there to, to have that cash flow for. I can't do those things. And that was that. So as soon as that, that came more important than the risk of a fine, like once it was like, well, Hey, without that cash flow and without that stuff happening, you are going to spend more money with the tax man. And you really could save that extra bit and put it to the charity you want or put it into something, invest it into something better than this. And I was like, well, that's a higher purpose. That's yeah, oh, exactly. I have to get this done. Cause why am I throwing this money away to those guys? Cause they're not going to do nice things with my money. They're just going to keep it. So can I tie that into something really practical? Sure. Okay. So your, highest values and I I know that you and Pete love travel so much so a motivating factor there could be that when I get this in order it's going to save me so much money and you could even put a dollar figure on that that is paying for our next trip to here yeah air tickets done yeah exactly so for example if you're procrastinating about your tax or whatever that might be Look at how that activity or that behavior actually helps to fulfill what your values are and it helps to tie into those things or it helps to fulfill what your greatest purpose is. And it's so much easier to get that stuff done. Now, don't just leave it in your mind though, because our minds wander. So you need to write it down somewhere. I had it finally implanted in my diary um, so that it was like visual. So I actually kept reading it myself, reading it often enough that I eventually believed it, um, which was a big turning point because I I knew that. Like if someone said, yeah, you have to get it. I'm like, I I know. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I know. And it's the same challenge people have with their health. You know that you know that you know. So the question is, why aren't you doing it? And that comes down to procrastination and those values, the structure of values you have. We're all different in those values too, by the way. How has your physiology changed since you've made that decision? Do you have an immense sense of the weight of the world is off your shoulders now that you've done it? Not only relief. Yeah. I feel like kick-ass, great. Um, I finally did what I said I would do a decade ago. (laughs) It must be. I was still at uni when I was having troubles with all this stuff. And I kept saying, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I found a little bit better ways each time. Each year there was something just a little bit better I did. But I was still well behind the eight ball every year. And my accountant would just have such a headache. And, of course, (laughs) inevitably you spend more on an accountant who spends more hours doing your stuff that you could have kept in order in the first place. So, and yet again, like I said, the financial consequence wasn't great enough for me at that point. 
and some people will probably be laughing thinking that's ridiculous why would you spend more but we all then the question is why would you spend more buying junk food when you know that good food's good for you yeah yeah even if it's cheaper who cares you know that the long-term consequence of buying junk food is going to cost you something down the road oh definitely and I just want to make a point about outsourcing. <laughs> so what I brought up with you, then, if you find that there is something that you just cannot get motivated enough to do, you cannot find a way that it serves any kind of purpose for you and it's just not high enough on your priority list, then if you have the means and if you have that kind of support structure in life where you can delegate it to someone else or outsource it to someone else, then go ahead and do it because you're ticking that box. You're not procrastinating over it anymore. It has to get done. But if it's not important enough to you that it doesn't fit within your value system, and obviously it's not because you've procrastinated on it for 10 years now, then outsource it. Yeah, and as soon as you do, it's liberating because it gives you more time to do the stuff you love. So yeah. it frees up that space. And by outsourcing, people say, oh, yeah, but it's, it might be too expensive to outsource. Uh, just do an equation. How many hours does it take you to get that thing done? Uh None multiply that by a possible you know dollar per hour figure of what you're worth in your time to get that done and figure out whether someone else can just do it for you because it's not that much more expensive to get them to do it and in some cases you'll find it's cheaper yeah if you can get someone that's going to do something for you at 20 dollars per hour let's just say lifting the pavers around your house and you can get some awesome you know school kids on holidays who want to come around and lift some pavers at your house and you can pay them 20 dollars an hour and yet your hourly rate is worth 50 that's a no-brainer. Just you do it. <laughs> you can't necessarily outsource your health, but you can get support. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, a really classic example of this is going to the gym. and Yeah, no one's going to do your sit-ups for you. No, no. But, but they, can, they can cheer you on to get them done. But you can have someone who can hold you accountable exactly. to that. Exactly. And that's, that's where, we get where trainers. trainers come mm. in. And for me, like, because, you know, we're all so busy, it's, it's not really a badge of honor. It's just the way it is. I have a trainer because I need someone to tell me exactly what I'm doing, exactly where I have to be. I make that commitment to somebody else as well so that I can't let them down because they've scheduled time for me to do that. Um, and it's in my diary and that's just when it, when I go to the gym and that's, that's how I do it. So trainers can be amazing. If you can't afford a trainer, then there's so many things online that you can check out um, and or get together with a couple of friends and then split the cost of a trainer and yeah. it becomes much more affordable for you all. So that's, I mean, there's, there's certainly some great things we've already run through there. We're talking about how do you overcome procrastination? Well, firstly, get your values in order, figure out what really matters to you and then possibly find ways to outsource yeah. or to bring in someone on your team who can do that job better or inform you and educate you in a way that you can do it better. And that's where your healthcare providers come in. Um, it's also talking about things of like, let things go. If it's not important to you, ditch it, scratch it off your list and stop letting it roll over. And as Andrea said to eat the frog first, um, my, the famous writer, Michael Heights is exactly the same thing. He says it in a different way. And he talks about slaying your dragon before breakfast. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And that's that exact same concept that nothing's more motivating and exciting to you when you do the biggest thing at the beginning of the day, everything after that seems to be a whole lot easier. So don't be afraid to get up when you're most energetic, when you've got most, uh, I guess, resources available to you, get up in the morning, get the big stuff done. And then the other stuff's come after that. I personally love first things first, you know, get the, get the two minute tasks done first as well. So once you've slayed your dragon, then go through anything that's a two minute tasks that you could get done quick sticks, 
go through and just scratch them off really quick. Yeah. Um, it could be just like two minutes to fold your washing that's been sitting in the corner. Why the heck's it been sitting in the corner? It takes two minutes to fold it up. Go and fold it up. It's decluttering and it's it's liberating. You think, oh, cool, finally that pile's gone. Um, so get your two-minute tasks done and that's the next thing of the day. Routine, don't switch on social media straight away in the day. Leave it off um, and have discipline around social media. Cut down on the screen time where possible by logging in and logging out, forcing yourself to be really mindful about some of those things. Let's give a few other tips because obviously we're in solution modes now. What other tips have you got, Andrea, that will help our lovely ladies who are listening to overcome procrastination that they have around any number of things in their life? Okay, well, this uh, might not be the most practical thing, but use procrastination to your advantage. So if you're procrastinating, okay, do tell. If, if you're procrastinating, say with TV binging, right? If you know that that is just a part of your day or this is how you unwind and that's part of your escapism, if that's almost a healthy behavior for you, then great. But how can you sort of up-level that experience. Sit so, on a bike. Yeah, do it on a bike. Do it on your treadmill. Um, oh. Have your washing in front of you while you're watching that. Do you know, the ironing. Yeah, and all of those things because it makes the experience a hell of a lot more pleasurable as well. Um, but you're kind of ticking all those boxes at the same time. Um, so, you know, for me, folding is something that I'll do happily in front of, you know, an episode of something uh, because I hate doing it. So it's, but it's just one of those things that's got to be done. I certainly think we, as women, really need to stop waiting to be perfect or to stop waiting for a project or or an outcome to be perfect before we launch it, before we do it, before we send it in, before we... It's uh, that classic failure to launch. Yeah. Yeah. So don't wait to be perfect. Rough it, get something done and get it out there. Set yourself deadlines so you stop procrastinating around it tell someone else that deadline or put it somewhere obvious so other people know the deadline so when you don't meet that deadline you're damn well accountable because you've said you'd do it and it's not there you must deliver on deadline so don't wait to be perfect just get it out there rough it and get it done so something is out there because once something's out there and you overcome that hurdle that you've been procrastinating on all of a sudden you find this new energy to go and refine it and you get that time to make it perfect but at least the framework is done in a quality enough that you've been able to get it out so please don't be afraid to rough something and get it get it done for the sake of it being done on a deadline and try and uh, avoid that, that sense of instant gratification. We were actually just uh, having a look at a, a TED talk about the prevalence of procrastinators who also opt for that instant gratification and they tend to um, be much more impulsive as well. Yeah, the big swing from yeah. procrastination, getting nothing done to the quick sell to buy something, feeling better about it. and So, so we tend to have those traits as well and, and vice versa. So the people who are a little bit more impulsive um, tend to be, more procrastinators too so I think everything always has to come back to what is your greater purpose what is it that you were put here on this planet to achieve or what is it that you are most passionate about how does everything that you're doing in your life that you're filling your space with or filling your time with how does that connect with your why it's all about our values it's all about what we're here you know to do and what we want to achieve with our life Uh, so you've got to find a way of connecting that to that. For example, uh, let's look at going to the gym. It's not just about movement. Who cares about that? But for me with my job, it's pretty physically demanding. I've got to have energy to get through a full day, seeing lots and lots and lots of people and being able to connect instantly with each and every one of them. You've got to be fit. You've got to be be healthy. You've got to have a body that moves well as well. So that is why 
I do that because it connects with what my greater purpose is. And our greatest values as leaders in women's healthcare, which we really want to be across Australia, is that we've got to live what we preach. Yeah. If we can't live and do what we say we do, we're the world's biggest hypocrites. Exactly. Who wants to listen to a hypocrite? So make sure that you practice what you preach. And uh, certainly, you know, I guess I wouldn't want to... I bring in a builder if their house was not well kept and was falling down I'd be thinking oh my gosh and same along the lines of healthcare as well choose your trainers because of the things and the people that you see that embody your ideals and get them on board uh, I guess we're going to wrap up very quickly I just want to bring up one thing though women how many of us actually we've all been told men can't multitask women can <laughs> multitask well i'm just going to put it out there right now no one man or woman can actually multitask it's been proven there's plenty of studies and researchers that have shown this we don't multitask we just simply do a lot of tasks at mediocre yeah. or at so so level or at a high enough level we think we're doing a really good job if you really want to do something really well give it soul focus soul focus energy stop trying to multitask don't say yes to everything Learn how to say no. Learn how to be okay with saying no. And say no, not, oh, yes, I'll I'll get around to that later. Don't give someone a later because later will become two months, six months, 12 months. Instead, just say, no, I haven't got the time or I haven't got the resources to do that for you right now. Would you like to wait or can someone else do it better for you? Don't be afraid to say no. Beautiful. I love that. All right. Let's start a bit of a forum on our Facebook page. I would love to know what are you procrastinating on? What is it that you cannot seem to just take action with? And then this is where I'd love audience participation. So if you have similarly had that issue before, but you've overcome it, then share that with the person asking the question in the first place. And we will absolutely throw our tips in there too. This Um, is our time for procrastinators to unite, (laughs) to overcome the challenges of being a procrastinator and sharing the successes that you have in certain areas of your life where you've managed to overcome procrastination and how you did that because your success will be someone else's success because they learned something from you. Uh, So we can't wait to hear from you. So find us on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash the wellness women connect with us on our our website, which is thewellnesswomen.com.au. We would love to hear from you. Um, Go on to iTunes, make sure you've subscribed to wellness women radio. Give us a five star rating if you think we deserve it. And And I really want to say thank you to those uh, people who have been writing in. We got a gorgeous email this week asking us are you guys going to come over to Sydney are you going to do uh, a workshop or something in Sydney and I thought oh man we definitely need to so fear not at some point in the near future we're going to start to look at how we can uh, take the Wellness Room Roadshow around to some of our favourite places in Australia because I know that that FaceTime with anyone that you want to learn from is just so valuable so and don't fear just, we, we hear not you. just Australia we've got our beautiful listeners in New York City so we're certainly going to have to take a Wellness Women uh, the Wellness Room trip to NYC and all of that sort of stuff so thanks for your support that's basically you, you've you've pushed us a little further into seeing the bigger picture and making sure that we don't just uh, stay here in Perth and keep our skills and our resources to ourselves over here we need to share that with you so thank you very much for being in touch ladies hope you've learned something from today's episode we are always here for you have an amazing week we'll talk to you next week be well This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.